0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to ADESIS Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak ADESIS. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not for profit goals and how you can apply the ADESIS methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak ADESIS.
1: Hello, hello, hello from sunny Michigan. I'm in the upper peninsula of Michigan at an arts academy, Interloquian Arts Academy, where my son is graduating from high school from this academy, being a composition major and saxophone player. And this is I wish I had a childhood like this. It's year-round summer camp in a sense. Thousands of kids all in the arts dancers, painters, musicians, filmmakers, you name it, all together here. The music is 24 hours a day here. Beautiful, just beautiful. Well, some people have it lucky, don't they? What are we going to do today, my friends? It's our last section for this package of 13. And I was thinking, what can I really now do, which is going to be exciting to me to speak about and hopefully helpful to you to listen to. Uh, last week I was talking about the, how the disease methodology, the roots of the disease methodology, what experiences I had and what I learned from it. And we should devote half of this hour to bring it all together and what they learned from all these experiences, and that's how the methodology was born and grew up to be, and what they learned from all this experience and then the other half, I want to do something else which is going to be a surprise for you that are holding on and listening. what all this experience gave me first of all is they threw me out of my what do they call it of my um uh, Comfort zone. Uh, Many people, when they finish the doctorate, they teach what they learned. So they're repeating what they learned. Uh, Some of them maybe add something, but they're continuously teaching the doctoral dissertation. I, in my experiences, totally destroyed everything I learned. Challenged everything I learned. Made it questionable. Um, losing a lot of night sleep, wondering what is going on. And here's some of the conclusions I arrived. The most important conclusion I arrived is that making a decision does not good decision. Making a good decision is not an assurance that it will be implemented. As a matter of fact, we implement bad decisions all the time. And good decisions, uh, we only feel guilty about that we don't implement. What is going on? And that's part of my theory, which I'm not going to repeat here. Uh, You can see it in my books. The rules that govern what makes good decisions are not the rules that are going to make the implementation happen. And the rules that govern whether implementation will happen are not the rules that are going to make a good decision. Good decisions are effective, and implementation is efficient. And there is a big struggle between effectiveness and efficiency. To be more effective, you might have to be less efficient, and when you're more efficient, you might be less effective. For instance, democracy is an effective system, but not very efficient. And dictatorship is very efficient, but not very effective. So what do you do? How do you put them together? And I called it the system of democracy, democracy in decision making, dictatorship in implementation. Well, how do you make it work? You see, that's how the system started. system so started to realize the differentiation. What else did they learn? The need for a complementary team, which I learned from arts management. You cannot manage alone. And then I started realizing duality. Everything goes in duality day and night, breathe in, breathe out, hate, love. There's no love with some hate and there's no hate with some love. And the, the whole thing is duality and the composition of the complementary teams. Then I realized that all management theory is based on the assumption of a single manager. That's why I call the leader. And we constantly study about leadership. And I said, no, 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 single leadership. I mean, that's a fear. What are we talking about? What we need is a collaborative leadership. We need team leadership, complementary team leadership, the mama papa store, mama and papa working together. Like a marriage. You don't raise children single parent. You need a complementary team. It totally opened my eyes, not only to understand management of companies, but to understand life. Or as the Prime Minister of Macedonia said to me, You Americans are very smart. You have the Republicans and the Democrats. You need both. I said, What do you mean? Well, the Republicans build the economy. And then the Democrats come and share it among all the people. If you had only Republicans, the difference between the haves and have-nots would be increasing more and more and more. if you had only the Democrats, it would be like Churchill said, communism, what do you call it? Called? Capitalism is a, um, unequal distribution of wealth, and communism is the equal distribution of poverty. So if you have only the Democrats, you will not grow. It will be all equal, but not growing. So what you do, you rotate back and forth. It's a complementary team, left and right. Everything is complementary. Do you realize that? And I said, wait a moment. The moment you have complementary, what does it mean? Necessarily conflict. Here's another myth that conflict is necessary in a company. See, all this behavioral science teaching, you know, win-win, and we have to be in harmony and working together together, It is all based on utopian thinking. Then I realized this whole Marxist theory is also utopian. It ignores change. It ignores the inevitability of conflict. It tries to eliminate something that cannot be eliminated. Anyway, as you can see, I was getting a lot, a lot of ahas, ahas, ahas. But then if conflict is inevitable... How do you make it constructive? And then visiting Switzerland, started realizing the importance of culture. Here you have French, Italian and Germans together. This should be a disaster. But they're still not a disaster. It's a very successful country. What do they have? The culture I was really lucky as I was traveling the world and lecturing around the world. I was watching the different cultures of different countries. And then Yugoslavia fell apart. And I said, oh, my God, why would Yugoslavia fall apart and Switzerland not fall apart? Because of culture, lack of mutual trust and respect in Yugoslavia. Then I realized the importance of mutual trust and respect. And as you can see, the ingredients were there, all these experiences with arts management, with industrial democracy, with, uh, with uh, the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions, my consulting experiences. It was all coming together and making me think. And how did I put it together? By lecturing. I will lecture. And as I was lecturing, I started understanding how the components come together and the people will challenge me and then I will have to really sharpen my thoughts sharpen my model it was really a process of exploration asking all the time the questions so what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean and because i was studying political science as a student my undergraduate degree i came to the across the french cry of the eighteen Liberté Egalité and Fraternité and then I said what does that mean now oh Liberté is on the left side of the map what decision making freedom to think freedom to express yourself and what is Egalité aha it's on the right side of the disease map which is on the implementation and the commonality of interest if there is no commonality of interest there is going to be no easy implementation and what is fraternity now? It made me think about integration on a higher level. Anyway, what I can say is that as I was looking at political science, I was looking at religion, I was looking at my experiences around the world in consulting, looking at couples, looking at family therapy. I started seeing commonality in everything. And guiding rules in everything, to the point I was starting to think about, what is God all about? What is life all about? Being thrown into industrial democracy, thrown into self-management, thrown into this center for the study of democratic institutions, It's like being thrown into a pool, start swimming. I had to grab for something. I had to start developing my own thoughts. My own tools, and then when I started practicing them in the companies, failing, failing a lot, and then saying, "Aha, why is that? What do we do about it? What do we do about it? What do we do about it?" So it was a one long trip, which still is going on, by the way, still going on. Fifty years. When I started in 1967, where are we now? 2011 so it's about what is it 45 years 44 years of what of continuous exploration continuously asking the questions why is this why is that why it works why it doesn't work what does it mean and I will look at anything anything i mean anything i was rafting down the colorado river in the in the grand canyon and the guide was talking about rocks He said, this rock is uh, so many thousands of years old, this is so many thousands of years old. Then I realized, wait a moment, not only rocks have a life cycle, organizations have a life cycle, but our life cycles are different. People's life cycle is different. We can impact our age, while storms and tra- trees and cars and houses cannot impact their stage age. They have to follow the chronological age. But we can. We can maintain our youth longer, or we can age prematurely. And what makes aging prematurely? And bingo, the theory of organizational life cycle was born, which means I learned by looking at rocks. I pride myself that I learn from everything. I sit down and watch everything and ask myself, what does it mean? What's going on? What can I learn from it? And you can learn from anything. You can learn from a chicken. You can learn from a stone. You can learn from a tree. Everything is teaching us. There is a reason for everything. We don't understand it, but there is no end to our exploration. Well, that's how the methodology was born, and that's how it was growing. And um, every experience was giving me something else. Every experience was giving me something else. I remember what I learned how to manage by, com- by, 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 by team, not by committee, which is a disaster. Management by committee is a time-consuming, exhausting exercise, while ten- management as a team is an invigorating, energy-giving exercise. What the difference? Let me show you how I learned that. You know, everything that I lecture about, I learn from somewhere by experience, by watching and asking questions, not by running experiments and not by doing some scientific research and not by reading books, but by watching life and trying to understand it. I was invited to Toronto, and uh, at 10 o'clock at night when I landed, the president of the company met me at the airport. And took me to the hotel and said, "Would you like to visit with um, the the hospitality room where the participants of the company that were going to listen to me the next day were?" Well. So "Sure." I went there and they were playing. They were playing um, poker. Four tables with four executives at every table playing poker. I watched them. I don't play. I don't play cards. I just watched them. And then I realized something very interesting. Hundreds of dollars were changing hands. People were losing. Some people were making it. But nobody was getting upset. And when they finished playing at 1 o'clock in the morning, they tap each other on the shoulder, said, good game, let's get together, play tomorrow again. So wait a moment. If I took the same vice presidents, gave them a task to, the, to decide what to do with the budget, they would kill each other. There will be so much. What is the difference between playing golf and committee meetings? And then I got my big aha, went to my room, and wrote my first manual all night long. And what was the aha? There is no constructive conflict. There is no participation, constructive participation, without rules. There must be rules. You see, in poker, there are rules. Who gets how many cards, which cards win. What does uh, tapping the table with two times mean? You know, which means give me two cards. There is rules. And what happens when somebody breaks the rules? You don't want to play with them. Uh Aha, I said. There are rules everywhere. There is even rule in how to conduct a war. Our difficulty today, 2011-12, with terrorism is that they have different rules of the game. And understand the rules. We don't know how to play their game or they don't know how to play our game. Different rules. When you go to a different country and you take and violate some, you make a boo-boo, you make a mistake, you upset some, your host, what's happening? You probably broke some cultural rules which you were not aware of. Rules, 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 rules of conduct.
0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30-minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management, Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books, with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ADESIS Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak ADESIS. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 472 5790 Or send an email to yolanda at com, Spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: And you know, these rules uh, reminded me the importance of a civilized discourse, civilized at the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions. We need rules, how we talk, when do we talk, what do we talk about, so we can learn from each other. It is not helter-skelter. Anybody talks about anything, anytime they want. You get a mess. So I started developing a roadmap, how jointly to advance. And that word jointly was stimulated by a different experience. I was flying somewhere, I forgot where. And there was a Playboy magazine in the seat. So I picked it up. And there was an article there. That they were interviewing either Masters or Johnson's. I forgot which one of the two, those sexual researchers. And the discussion was they asked him a very interesting question. In your observation, your research on sexual behavior do you see any difference between homosexual behavior and heterosexual sexual behavior? In the sexual act, I mean, sexual, um, what do you call it? Process. I don't know how to call it. Interaction. And he said, either it was Master or Johnson, I forgot which one of the two. And he said, well, there is a difference. Huh? What's the difference? You, uh, that... Homosexuals advance in the sexual act together, while heterosexuals do not advance together. Oops, it blew my mind. I realized that there is a process of decision-making. There are steps in decision-making. Then I realized, because of my travels and knowledge of languages, the different languages call decision-making differently. In English it's decision-making, in Spanish it is decision-taking, In Turkish, it's decision giving, I'm I'm doing literal translation. In German, it's decision hitting, and in Hebrew, it's decision accepting, also in Russian. What's the difference between making, taking, and accepting? Then I realized there is a roadmap. You first accumulate information, then you deliberate, look for patterns, incubate, then you illuminate, aha, then you accommodate, you're not so comfortable, you have questions, doubts, and disagreements, then you finalize, then you reinforce. All these steps is decision-making. When you finalize, it's decision-taking. When you reinforce your decision you have taken and feel comfortable about it, it's decision-accepting. Said How interesting, in other words, in this process, homosexuals advance together play together then whatever is the next step and the next step and the next step they are together homosexual while heterosexual advance at different speeds and the male accumulates illuminates and finalizes too fast called premature ejaculation while the female is still accumulating she's still warming up they don't advance at the same speed said aha So what happens, why there is conflict in decision making is because one is making, the other one already uh, 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 finalized, and the third one is not even accepting yet. That's called management by committee. So if you want the management by team, we have to advance together. And I created rules how to advance together. We accumulate together, we deliberate together we incubate together, we accommodate, everything is together. When we finish, we are together. And why is it together so important? Because everybody has a disability somewhere. There is no perfect executive. One is blind, the other one has no legs. It's like in a military, wounded. One lost his eyes, the other one lost his legs from a mine. When they try to retreat, how far they can go? until they hit the barrier. The blind person hits a tree, will stop. The one without the legs will crawl as much as possible, will have to stop. However, if the blind person put the person without legs on his shoulders, the one without legs provides the eyes, and the blind provides the legs, and jointly, they can cross the forest and get on the other side. We are all debilitated somewhere. All of us. I remember uh, a motivational speech that was given in one of the conventions when I was a speaker by a blind person. And he got on the stage and he said, yes, I am blind. Yes, I have a limitation. But I learned music. I learned to dance. I learned this, I learned that. I overcame many of the barriers of being blind. I, by the way, I was just in Moscow in a restaurant uh, that is served by blind people. You walk into the restaurant, it is totally dark, pitch dark, I've <laughs> never been in such a dark room in my life. And only blind people serve you food. You don't even know what you're eating. So you have an hour of a experience of being blind. How about that? Unbelievable experience. And this person on the stage said, I'm blind. I have a debilitation, I have a problem, no problem, I, have a, I, have a, I lack something. How about you guys? It, I said, audience, are you complete? How many of you are blind emotionally? You have an emotional blind spot or intellectual blind spot. Who of you is perfect? What's the difference between me and you? I overcame and fighting my debilitation. Are you fighting your debilitation? Wow. That was a motivational speech. I say the same thing here. We need a complementary team. We need to learn from each other. We need to support each other. But we are different. And since we are different, what's going to happen? Conflict. How do we make that conflict to be constructive? How many marriages disappear, break down because of the conflict, because of the differences? And what makes a certain marriage successful rather than disaster? Back to mutual trust and respect. So you can, as you can see, back to rules. We need to rules of behavior that are above the style of anybody. Like constitution is above the leader. A leader in the United States has to swear by the constitution to protect the constitution. The constitution is stronger than the politician. More important than what a politician will say or an individual will say. You see that? There is a rule that we follow. Something that is stronger of, than us that we abide by. So I started developing rules, a lot of rules. How to manage meetings, how to advance together, who can speak when, who cannot speak on what. Even try to control the tone of voice. Don't be disagreeable. Be, disagree without being disagreeable. Instead of saying, I disagree, why don't you say, I have different information, I have different conclusions, I have a different opinion. Give a chance to the other person, don't just rub it up their nose and say, I disagree with you. (coughs) No arrogance, no one-upmanship. In other words, how to create a culture of mutual trust and respect. And why is that? Because that's what what makes democracy work. There is no democracy without mutual trust and respect for differences. That's called united differences. How to benefit from diversity that cross-pollinate each other. And that we have to do not only on the macro level, but also on the mezzo level, on the company level. One of the reasons why Yugoslavia failed is to try to have industrial democracy on the mezzo level, on the company level, Well, they had a dictatorship on the macro level. It doesn't work. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, we have the opposite in the United States. We have democracy on the macro level, dictatorship on the micro level. And if you cannot influence your working space where you work eight hours a day, five days a week, why do you believe you can influence Washington? By voting once every four years? Hey, guys, it doesn't work. We need to empower people at the level of the company. And by being empowered, they will believe they can also control the macro system. Otherwise, they don't. Who did the revolution in Chile? Truck drivers. Why? Because truck drivers are quite independent. They're empowered. They're driving their truck. Employees that are slaves of work. Do not make a revolution. They accept the, the slavery. And I believe that the hierarchical system that we have in the West, managed hierarchically, enslaving people to their jobs, is endangering society, endangering democracy. We have less and less people voting, more and more people burning tires and crashing windows. What's going on here? They don't believe that the system enables them to impact decision-making. So they are showing the dissatisfaction, which is going to increase. Riots are going to increase, not decrease. Macro-democratic systems are clogged by disempowering forces of the industrial age. The hope is Internet, because that's democratic, that's open but doesn't mean that it makes decision-making. It is good for showing your dissatisfaction. It's good for you to show your desire for change, but it's not an institutional way for making decisions, for people to feel empowered. So what is this methodology about? About democratization of organizations, Democratization of society, because democracy is enabling mutual trust, is based on mutual trust and respect, is creating a culture of, of, of transparency, of information, empowerment of people, and creating a better environment in which to work and live. Just so, by the way, I would like you to, I must tell you one story. We are working with an industrial company in Houston, as a matter of fact, At a certain point, one of the participants started crying, literally crying. So we asked him, what happened? He says, I'm from Russia. That is what I came for in this country, for the capability to talk, capability to express myself. And guys, we need that. We need that. We need to open organizations. We need to democratize organizations and create a culture in mutual trust and respect. Which what what is health all about? Let's take a break.
0: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iRadioblog.com today, powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Join the Odesis Graduate School for Online Masters and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Odesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and Spiral Dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ADESIS Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak ADESIS. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel. Z, like in Zambia, E, like in Ecuador, and S, like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: Yes, 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 I'm committed to democratization of organizations. But it's more than political. You see, that's what makes an organization healthy. What makes us sick physiologically? Where energy gets stuck... It cannot flow in the body. You get sick physiologically. What makes you sick mentally? Again, when you get stuck mentally. A, a brain surgeon was telling me, a healthy brain is when there is a flow of, like I think it's electrodes or something, like electrical pulses from the left to the right side. And it's not getting blocked anywhere. There is a flow in the roots, in the direction, in the channels, without blockages. And ladies and gentlemen, that is democracy. Democracy is a system of transparency of information, empowerment of all the components to impact each other, interdependency, recognizing interdependency. It is a synergetic and symbiotic uh, uh, system. That is democracy. So democratic systems are healthier. They can handle change better. When you're stuck, you don't handle change very well. When energy does not flow, any change causes you disease. But when you're flexible, when you're transparent, when energy flows, change is invigorating. I'm talking about medically, And I'm talking about also intellectually, when you're open-minded to learn from others, when you don't have a predisposition and barriers to learning, when you're open to learn from anybody and anything, and thus it's growthful, it is synergetic. You learn from differences, you don't learn from similarities. Similarities reinforce, they don't teach. So that's my commitment. That is my commitment. I find out that organizations that are hierarchically hierarchically constructed, energy is blocked. I've been writing a lot about the Russian system, and I encourage all of you that are interested in my material, that are listening to my, blog, to my program, to register for my blog at uh, the ichakadizes.com. And there is a blog I write every week about management, my experiences around the world, what I observe. And I'm observing the Russian system. They're fantastic people, bright people, intelligent people, capable, well-educated people. But the system blocks them. There is blockages for flow of information, as if the head is detached from the body. And what's happening? They're having difficulty... Luckily, they have enough gas and oil to keep them going. But if they do not have oil and gas, they'll probably be a third world country. Not because of their people. The people are fantastic. But because the system does not enable the people to use their brain. Look at the body. Every cell thinks, not just your head thinks. Every cell in our body is like a brain. And that's when, when you have experiences, you storage those experiences, this pain in your body, your whole body hurts, doesn't it? And the head is supposed to be listening to the body. A doctor would tell you, "Listen to your body, listen to your body." Well, in a bureaucracy, not bureaucracy in a hierarchy, dictatorship, the head does not listen to the body; it forces the body. And what do you get? Hernia. What do you get? This destructive, tearing body, tearing muscle. Because the head does not listen to the body. They have to work together. They have to work together. There is interdependency, mutual support. Oh, but how do you do that? How do you build that system without it being utopian? I'm now studying the kibbutz movement in Israel where they have mutual support as part of the ideology. and equality is part of the ideology. Well, it's not working very well which means extremes do not work. We are utopian in nature. No extreme works. If you eat too many strawberries, you will also get sick. <laughs> anything, t- like my mother used to say in Sephardic in the 50th century language, todo que es demasiado no vale. What does it mean? Anything that is too much is no good. Don't exaggerate in anything. Exaggeration is no good for your health. We need cooperation. We need overlapping responsibilities as a team. We need unity. We need integration. But integration does not mean sameness. Remember that. Harmony is not all singing the same voice. Harmony means different voices singing together in harmony to benefit from differences, not to force sameness. That is all that I am preaching and teaching from my experiences. Let's take a break and close the session today. (music)
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis Methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z, like in Zambia, E, like in Ecuador, and S, like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: And as I promised you at the end of this, uh, what do I call it, presentation, one hour, uh, I would like to do something different. The last ten minutes. I have some quotes that I accumulate. I accumulate quotes, by the way, and I, I love... Uh, any one of you that has any quotes that you that you find them very enlightening, please send them to me. Especially I like grandma quotes. You know what grandma used to say because these are the things that are thousands of years old wisdom, and to me they are the kernel of knowledge, kernel of wisdom, and I accumulate them. So let me share with you some of them i just, I think, to have some fun at the end of this program. Here's one that was given to me by my friend, Emmanuel Gill, which I think was very, very enlightening. I was complaining to him about something that happened, as a matter of fact, 20 years ago, that still, pardon me the expression, but still pisses me off. And he looked at me and he said, It's The prescription for happiness is long health and short memories. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? Guys, it is fantastic, isn't it? Long health and short memories. What does it mean? Forgiveness. Let go. You know, forgiveness is being taught by all religions. All religions say to you, forgive. Forgive. For your own sake. Because when you don't forgive, whom are you punishing? Them? They don't even know that you're not forgiving them. They don't care. You are punishing yourself. You are eating your own liver, as the same Serbian. You are eating yourself up. Let go. Short memory. That is better than forgiving. You know why? Because when you, don't for, when you don't remember, there is nothing to forgive. Just forget it. Forget it. That will help. Here's another one, this is by Confucius. I don't know who said long health and short memories. I don't know, anonymous for me, but whoever said it was very bright. Here is one here which is very good too. This is by Confucius. Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Wow, this blew my mind because I have been lecturing for years. That success is not how little you fall, but how fast you get up. And then I find out that Confucius thousands of years ago already said it ahead of me, (laughs) which really shows you something very interesting. There is nothing new in this world. You know that? Here I think I come with some unbelievable insight. I'm all excited. And then I find out it was already said in the Bible or in the Quran, or in the New Testament, or in Confucius, or in the Bata Gita. There is nothing new. And why is this important quote? Because many people believe that success is not falling. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake. This is your biggest mistake. We all make mistakes. What is success? is? how fast you get up. What does it mean? What did you learn from it? Take a deep breath. Keep going. Or as um, what's her name, the entrepreneur asked her, "What is the secret of your success?" And she said, "Do you want to see the scars on my knees?" She was an entrepreneur that built a company from nothing to multi-billion-dollar business. Uh, one of these um, uh, uh, pyramid marketing, uh, multi-layer marketing system. And she built Mary Kay. She built a, a, a tremendous empire from nothing. And they asked her, What's the secret of your success? Do you want to see the scars on my knees? You fall, you get up, and start again. You fall, and you get up, and start again. Oh, any other quotation? Well, how about the next one? I have about hundreds here, which could have a whole program here. How about this one? This is Francis Willard, whoever that is. I would not waste my life in friction when it could be turned into momentum. See, this reinforces also my theory to minimize that relationships are like a machine. When you design a machine, you want to design it to have maximum pressure, minimum friction, because when it has friction, you need a lot of replacement, repair parts. You need a lot of consumables. And the machine stops, has to be repaired. Stop, has to be repaired. This is called a high-maintenance machine, like high-maintenance people. All the time you have to fix them and you have to support them, you have to explain to them, you have to apologize, you have to tell them you love them, you have to hold their hand. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. High-maintenance person. What do you want? Relationship, we don't agree, What not we don't agree, what can we learn from it, let's get going. Perfect. Task, maximum pressure, maximum momentum, minimum friction. As you can see, so many of these quotations uh, reinforce what my conclusions from my theory and really exp- explain to me why that's so important. Here's the last one. And this is by Andre Trunholo. Decorate yourself from the inside out. Isn't that beautiful? Success is from the inside out. Why? The more peace inside, the more energy gets free to deal with the outside. The more conflicts inside, the more friction inside, the more wasted energy inside, the less energy available to deal with the outside. You are dying inside, not capable of coping from the outside. Oh my God. My dear friends, there is a lot to learn, as you can see that. I think we still have time for another type, another quotation. Oh, this is very beautiful. This is from Ofra Be thankful for what you have you will end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Bravo, Ofra, bravo. Let me interpret it with my theory. When you fight something, you cannot move on. In order to change to the next level, you have to accept the level you're in. Example, all the th- therapies against addiction start with a person getting up on the stage, like an alcoholics anonymous and saying, my name is Itzhak, and I am an alcoholic. Why do you start with admission? What is this? <laughs> because when you admit that you're an alcoholic, you stop fighting it. You don't fight it, you admit it. And now all the energy is available for healing. But when you're in denial, what does denial mean? You're fighting it. You don't want to admit it. You're hiding it. You're not integrated with it. So what's happening? All the energy that you have is (laughs) dedicated to fighting, not to accepting. And then what's happening? You have no energy to move on. So if you are thankful for what you have, The half glass is full. Now you have energy to go and get more. But if you are complaining of what you don't have, where is all the energy going? Into complaining. Not much energy is left to go and get more. You will never have enough. Do you see that? It's very, very smart. Very, very, very smart. Very intelligent. oh Mother Teresa if you judge people you have no time to love them do you hear that by the way I was born 100 yards from where Mother Teresa was born and when I met her in India I talked to her in our mother language and she responded to me I was very very touched we were talking Macedonian she's an Albanian from Macedonia If you judge people, you have no time to love them. See, when you judge people, what's happening? Like the previous quotation, you're criticizing them. So all the energy goes into the negative, not time is left for the positive. And this is from Swami Vivekananda. In a day, that will be a very good way to end this presentation, my friends. In a day, when you don't come across any problems. Can you imagine a day when you don't come across any problems? Probably very happy, aren't you? No problems. Wow, what a wonderful day. Uh uh-uh. uh. Swami Vivekananda says In a day when you don't come across any problems, you can be sure that you are traveling in the wrong path. Why? Because problems are life. Life. Cannot be without problems. Why? Because life is change. And change means new things are coming up all the time. And new things are called problems. You have to decide. You have to if you have no problems, you know what it really means? Continuously have no problems? You're dead. You're doing nothing. You're staying in the same place. No change. And like Roger said, If you stay in the same place and don't move, even if you are on the right road, it may be dangerous, why? Because you might be run over by a truck. My dear friends, bless your day, bless your problems, integrate with your problems, deal with your problems, be alive, and learn from every problem, because every problem is an opportunity for improving and learning. I wish you all the best, and we'll see whether we have another section of 13 or not, depending on the response that I get on this program. Thank you very much. This is Ishak Calderon Adizis.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week for Adizis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.